かわいい人はすぐに見飽きてしまうものよかわいい人はすぐに見飽きてしまうものよだからこそではないけど <laughs> no, you, uh, you, 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 you're most at ease when you're in the air, I think. I don't know. Bas- basically, I, I,、uh, I think、uh, skydiving is a metaphor for life, you know, John. Yes, of course. <laughs>、um, but I, I,、uh, I, I was、uh, uneasy in the air, as any human would be. Um, but perhaps I learned to accept、um, not, not knowing where I'm going in life when I was skydiving.、Yeah. Um, perhaps that's, that's one of the big lessons I learned, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's something like that. And, and yeah, I, I've become、uh, quite comfortable. When I've actually sat down and thought about, I don't know where I am and where I'm going and what I'm going to be doing tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. It's、uh, um, something that I've learned just to accept that.、Um, you know, not. Yeah, and it, it, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because it, it, it keeps coming up in kind of culture so much. This kind of,、uh, as, I was watching.、Uh, Uh, I think it was John Oliver the other day, and, and every time he, he, he does it, he says, Oh, we've, we've had an,、uh, like, what, what an,、uh, a week of events.、Mm. And I kind of think, like, well, weeks are always sort of full of events. I mean, like, like, it's only made to feel mad if you buy into narratives that are constantly kind of pushed at you. When you actually look out of the window every day, it's kind of normal, right? That's right. That's why、yeah. I got into Shinrin Yoku. Oh, right. What's that? Forest bathing. <laughs> Forest bathing? Forest bathing. Shinrin Yoku is、uh, Japanese. Forest bathing.、Um, getting away from technology and people. Oh, right. And appreciating、uh, being Amongst trees, being amongst nature, being amongst the sounds and smells of nature. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that that's very important. I, I, I try and do that on a fairly regular basis, having been surrounded by trees and lakes and mountains and stuff. So, yeah, you're, I, I, I remember the last time we were talking, you reminded me、um, of the love of being in the city because you're, you're, Kind of like the opposite of, of my living, you're, you're amongst nature,、um, mm. uh, or nature is more accessible to you, it's on your door. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can、okay. you, you literally spit out the door, and nature's there. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle of a city on the edge of a metropolis, <laughs> and like one of the world's biggest, metro- busiest metropolises as well. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, you know, I think uh, um, that the Japanese have always had this appreciation for um, nature and the value of getting away from the city. Um, yeah. And I think the perhaps uh, more recently I've been thinking about the fact that I'm spending so much more time working and yeah. not being in Japan that that kind of added fuel to my what what am I doing anyway? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Um, no, and I I think um, I mean I've been I've been sort of like reading a bunch of trends this week and lots of kind of analysts are saying that this idea of kind of urban living and the rat race could well be over because all of the sort of economic trends corona has kind of jumped like like for instance e-commerce has advanced uh like in terms of growth and and and, and so forth 10 years in the last three months okay yeah and uh the i was reading today like preta monje uh in london is now gonna shelve something like 2700 jobs because obviously with people not being in london working which is predominantly what london is nowadays mm -hmm. nobody lives there hardly or certainly in the center so so nobody's buying sandwiches and stuff and yeah. i mean th th this seems to be one of the reasons the uk government is telling people oh you've got to go back to work it's to keep the preta monjes open you know and people are saying well no, I don't. I don't want to live uh, and work in an uber urban environment. I want this freedom, and they've started to realise that you can have this freedom. And and so the global trend is like New York. Lots of people are starting to leave because they've been trapped there for so long, and they're planning to get out. And it's starting to happen in London. And I wonder, like, are we now going? Yeah, you know, we used to talk all the time years ago about like. Uh, disruption theory and kind of how it how it disrupts incumbent industries but i wonder whether we, we haven't even started to see the knock-on effects of corona in because people are kind of going I, I don't know whether i want to live like that anymore yeah the the um side of it that i find very interesting is the way in which people have changed their mindsets um, yeah and it always takes a big disruption to do that, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, I think that um, I finished my education psychology course. Um, yes. And I was very pleased with the result of that. Cool. What did you get? I got uh, overall um, mark of 99%, and I got a distinction. Nice. Grade. So, uh, a very nice comment from the tutor who was marking my assignments. Right. Um, basically, that uh, the quality of my um, assignments was very high. Uh, mm. And I thought, yeah, uh, it reminded me that I can achieve things when I make an effort. Um, mm hmm and I, uh, I, I guess uh, something that uh, has long been sort of bugging me is the, the 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 paradox of living in Japan and teaching English when you actually want to be learning Japanese. 
yeah um, and speaking and staying in the language of japanese and i think i was mentioning last time that the yeah. advantages to going to the uk and and taking a job where i didn't have to speak english um essentially i thought it would make an interesting ted talk to say <laughs> how i how i left japan went to england spent two years totally immersed in Japanese language mm. and that's what it would require to, to get me from where I am at the, these days to actually where I'd like to be but mm. then again um, I think that there's a lot to be said for the experiences of living in a country that are gained not just from language um, I think, yeah, I think it, it changes. I mean, I, I've been doing this CBT practitioner course, which I think kind of overlaps with, with, with the things you've been doing in philosophy and, and educational psychology. And um, this notion of kind of perceived reality and the way we observe things in our belief structures and so forth, I think living in another country makes you question that and you have a you, I think you start becoming a bit more objective about perceived reality but it can also be irritating to those around you who because they buy into their belief structure and what their norms are and of course you're alien to that yeah and I was sort of thinking it's it's the same in England the way people are like, well if you don't like it go home <laughs> you know and and but there's so much to be learned from kind of cross-cultural stimulation and and looking at things a, a, a different way and i think it's a real sh shame that we're we're sort of many people are bit now going to be hindered from doing that yeah the sort of restrictions on travel or, mm. or you have to think uh, and plan ahead a lot longer don't you to mm. actually travel these days um so all in all i where i am at at the moment is thinking that uh, I'll be in Japan for at least another year. Um, yeah. And over the course, and now, now it's basically everything's changed because I'm the one in control of, of my future now. Um, yeah. You always were. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Well, I wasn't in control of uh, issuing my visa. No, no, yeah. That, that wasn't in my control. Um, you're right that I was in control because visas are not the only um, variable <laughs> that yeah. actually is involved in a decision. It's like, okay, yeah. I don't get the visa. I've already made my decision of what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in, in that effect, I, I, I am in control. But... What I'm what I'm getting at is that now the um, uh, things like meeting my uh, income requirements from immigration are back in my control again because I've got a year to mm. um, plan for what yeah. I want to do. That that's given that they give issue me with a one year. It could be a three year. Um, you know. Um, but but the very least is now that uh, in August my um, 
uh, amount of teaching was just about enough for me to get visa sponsorship like if I, if it averages out for the rest of the next year mm-hmm. that i know that i could put in these these uh heavy schedules and actually achieve the amount of teaching hours required to tell immigration he's bringing in enough money not to be a burden on japanese society and yeah. that's largely what the uh, immigration decision is based upon that mm. you're not a risk that you're going to be um, drawing benefits from uh, the Japanese economy when it's kind of already under a fair amount of stress after a yeah, pandemic, yeah, yeah. anyway. Um, well, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting that as a kind of global concept, isn't it? This, this, this idea that, because I think, I think that that's a common narrative, isn't it? That, that migrants have the potential for a drain on society. That's the narrative that people always wrap it up in. And yet when you look at so much of the data and stuff, it always says the opposite. And, and the, the, the net benefit to a society from migration always seems to exceed the, 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 the downside of it. Of course, you 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 have people that that end up and this is this is it's an interesting word burden because the notion that a human being is a burden on society because of need well, is do you know i mean up, it, who came up with that concept well i, th- I think it, i mean i've been uh starting to read a bit about uh, th- th- this guy uh, Rutger, uh bregman and he's been looking at a lot of this kind of stuff about like he said you know th- there's this thing in 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 so much of what we're taught that actually human beings are selfish and and they are you know when you when you strip away the veneer everybody's self-serving and da 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 da, da and this sort of neg- negative narrative and he said actually the evidence always shows the opposite right he said you know p- people are fundamentally good people and they look that they seek to do good things and it's actually certain situations that may make them make bad choices and it's the same as like when we frame migrants as a burden we miss all of the benefits that they bring and i just i always wonder like because in my experience the biggest burden on society will be the the, the people who are who are from it as as kind of natives because there's there's no incentive or motive you know they, they, they were just born there so it's not, they, they didn't ask to be born them, if they decide to say fuck it i'm going to sit in my in my apartment and draw benefits and live on cake <laughs> yeah i mean i mean like like so in, in norway for instance uh for a long long time uh you could only have uh, uh like single citizenship so if if you wanted to become a norwegian citizen you had to renounce your other citizenship, yeah. Okay. And and, and sometimes you don't want to do that. I'm not too bothered, but but generally you don't want to renounce one citizenship. You, most people want dual nationality, right? Yeah. If if yeah. they're from somewhere else. But then somebody realised that if you get somebody to renounce their citizenship, if they become a burden on Norwegian culture, they can't send them back because they're no longer a citizen of that country. So that's what they, they, they allowed dual citizenship right. just to keep the door open. So you can say, well, you can, scroll, okay. you can go back to your, <laughs> your place of origin. You know, I mean, that's. Yeah. Okay. 
Also, I think, um, like, I've been thinking a lot about self-actualization. Um, yes, yeah. And what that so we're means. talking a lot about motivation and self-actualization, yeah. That's right. Um, and I, I was looking for a quote from this course I did, and I think that, um, yeah, it kind of, it's part of Eric Erickson's eight psychosocial crises of development. Um, yeah, yeah. Says the last one is integrity and despair, uh, and that tends to happen when you're about fifty and over. Um, it's the acceptance of your personal life history and forgiveness of yourself and others. And that seems to be something that I've been going through, definitely throughout this pandemic, and probably prior to the pandemic, is, um, you remember when we um, started this podcast, I'd been like quite into a lot of Jordan Peterson's um, yeah, yeah, yeah. work. And that, that definitely had me thinking about um, uh, forgiveness of myself um, and looking at my life and what have, what have I actually accomplished. And to the outside observer, it's like he's, he's definitely uh, achieved quite a few things. But I think when I go deep inside myself, there's a lot of, you know, I've done I've done a lot of things that I'm not so proud of or not so, um, uh, you know, broken relationships that I think, oh, I should have handled that differently or I wish right. I hadn't said that at that particular time because mm. as I study psychology especially, it's like I'm looking back and going, I can understand so much better why things worked out like that and perhaps if I had done this. And that's all part of self-actualization, isn't it? That um, we're actually wanting to better ourselves. In every I think it, and it, it's also, as you age, I think self-actualization is... And this is this is where... I sometimes think Maslow gets, or the way Maslow is presented as a, as a pyramid, is this notion that getting to the peak of the pyramid is a slightly wrong idea because it, it it makes it sound like it's a sort of summit to be conquered. And I think self-actualization is probably much more being comfortable with who you are, and it's a process you go through as you get closer to death. Yeah, that 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 kind of like. Okay, I you know, and it's it's like you say that the, the 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 those those levels of of as, as you progress through age is that that moment where you start to kind of reflect on your life and kind of go, what what did I do good? What did I do good? And am I and am I comfortable with myself? You know, and I think there's I, something about the age of fifty as yeah, well that yeah, um, most people aren't uh, like. Um, Alan Turing when it comes to mathematics but we no. all know that 50 is half of 100 yeah. and that not a lot of people live until they're 100 except I'm going to I'm going to actually exceed that by quite some margin if, mm. um, if my plan for longevity um, works out um, mm. 
And I think I was looking at what Maslow was talking about. I guess he was saying that reaching the pinnacle is this um, peak that we should all be aiming for. But I, I was interested in something else that he said, where he said, people, uh, this is my, this is the quote that I was looking for last time. I couldn't okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But people who are motivated by self-actualization have a variety of positive qualities, which Maslow went to some lengths to identify and describe. 1976, that was. Um, he argued that self-actualization self-actualizing try it one more time cut <laughs> he argued that self-actualizing individuals value deep personal relationships with others but also value solitude they have a sense of humor but do not use it against others hmm. in short the self-actualization self-actualizing in person has just about every good quality imaginable not surprisingly, therefore, Maslow felt that true self-actualization is very rare. It is especially unusual amongst young people who have not lived long enough to satisfy um, earlier deficit-based needs. Be deficit-based needs are basic requirements of physical and emotional well-being. Mm. I thought that was interesting because... Yes, we could look at Maslow's pyramid. And I, I guess because of the amount it's been used in marketing, it's probably tainted the original, yeah, yeah, yeah. The original um, intent, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the intent that Maslow was on about. And so we've kind of like looked at Maslow and gone, oh, yeah, we're becoming like Maslow. And I don't know. I'm basically looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs through perhaps a new lens that that uh, has always existed, but perhaps I just needed to actually get my <laughs> little cleaning wipes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I give them a little little wipe down there. And go. Oh, let's readdress Maslow. Let's actually yeah. look at this again. And, and perhaps I've, by doing this education psychology course, mm. I've taken what I've already studied and looked at it again. And, and, and through a different lens of, a different, of experience as well. Different lens yeah. of experience, a different angle of it being purely the psychological um, mm. elements that I'm really focused on well okay we really we recover a lot of um things like maslow's hierarchy of needs I, I, I suppose the thing i always i i suppose i wrestle with is this notion of the kind of goal of self-actualization being higher or or, or or more protracted than the uh, sort of social actualization, and 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 I, I think some sometimes in some of these things is the the focus on the self is so precise that and 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 I think we li we live in a very self orientated and individualistic culture that is slightly shifting, and I, th I think some younger people think more 
in terms of the whole ecosystem of social and 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 environment and and, and so forth and i just i just you know it's, it's, there's so much self self-help stuff that like and 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 there's so much kind of like personal coaching and stuff and i wonder whether that sometimes takes the onus off how you make society and we are social beings and we want to be part of social so if you, if you just pursue self-actualization at the exclusion of, of social actualization does it work true true and yeah. perhaps that's where i've kind of realized that perhaps i should do a course on sociology at some point in the future yeah, no no i'm addicted and i can't stop doing these little courses because sometimes it's like you, you could look at somebody like trump and go he he self-actualized pretty well <laughs> whether it's whether it, it's fully true but in his and i'm talking about just from his his reality if he was evaluating himself against it he'd say well you know i've i've hit the i've hit the top of that i'm the president yes. i'm rich mm-hmm. and i'm i'm everything i do is right and so forth but in the social context i, I see what you're saying yeah I I, you're I'm not, probably not articulating it brilliantly but you know you, it, it, it yeah you don't, i don't think you've done a bad job there by using trump as the um sort of Antif- is it the antecedent to, yes, yeah, to the yeah, way yeah. in which that I perceive self-actualization um, is personal betterment to become the best person you can possibly be, and and the and the best person in my uh, mind is I think uh, a beautiful thing, whereas when I look at what Trumps. Uh, interpretation of what the world means to Trump, I think it's the ugliest form of humanity. Is that the duality of it, I guess? I guess on one level, self-actualization could be almost Buddhist in its approach, or it could be narcissistic. It yeah. could, you know, in, in the same way, you know, a Jedi can be you know, on the good side or on the dark side. And depending on, on yeah. how you perceive what being a Jedi means and Yoda's teachings and all of that, which way do you go? And I think that, that, that well, that's I, I was thinking, Darth Vader's story, isn't it? Yeah. I was thinking that it relates to the conversation between Jules and Vincent in the diner in Pulp Fiction. But, yes. Um, when Jules is saying, I'm just going to walk the earth like Cain from Kung Fu. And then Jules, uh, sorry, Vincent's reply to that is, no, you're going to be a bum. <laughs> so um, yeah. I think that that moment is so um, poignant because Jules is actually after self-actualization after years of being a gangster. Um, and doesn't he just, isn't he just saying that um, he wants to feel complete by exploring the possibility of God and miracles? And that mm. um, does he actually want to get out of being a gangster in light of experiencing something he can't explain? You know, um, it could be 
it could have been, uh, or as uh, Vincent said, yeah, it could have been like an angel came down from heaven and stopped those motherfucking bullets. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been, but uh, like Vincent's not there in his journey in life. And no, and I think I think that that comes back to that kind of point about what you're perceived reality is and what your beliefs are and what your experience is and we all have to acknowledge that the the way we see the world is based on those things which are innate in in us from from our thing and and it's the same as like um like when when i'm writing a drama character i have to understand the beliefs and and uh, philosophy and experience of the character I'm writing because that character, whether they're the lead in the film or whether they're a supporting character, in their life, they are the lead character and in their life, they are a good person because I don't think we meet anybody that, like you talk to soldiers and, and, and even like uh, if, if you look at stuff that ex- extreme terrorists they believe they're doing something for a higher cause or the right cause. They believe in yeah. it. So so everybody yeah. thinks they're doing the right thing. Right? It's not going to uh, like load himself with explosives and uh, uh, sacrifice his life in the name of his good cause. Well, no, I mean, you know, belief, I, 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 would, I would kind of love somebody to do the flip side of Star Wars where you know, the stormtroopers are just a bunch of people going about their day, you know, and, 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 and Han Solo and that are terrorists. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was kind of touched upon, wasn't it? In Clark's with. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. They, they kind of like <laughs> alluded to that and it, and, but it, 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 it's an interesting perspective. And then of course you can break down all society's narratives thinking about that. Well, what's the other, what's the other perspective? And that's where critical thinking comes from. Those, those stormtroopers should be me and you, John. <laughs> well, I, I, I quite liked it in, in that was the one bit of the force awakens. I really liked was the, the character of Finn going, he literally has that moment like shit, I'm the bad guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and that, that was a that was a sort of beautiful moment where somebody sort of oh shit I'm I think uh, Mitchell and Webb did it where they sort of like oh, we're the baddies aren't we Yes, we've got skulls on our caps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that um, they should read Sartre and um, yeah have a think about bad faith and what that is. Um, so so I've been I haven't. Uh, um, read so much as I was hoping to read over the last month with mm. like basically um, yeah I've been doing a fair amount of um, work finishing this uh, um, education psychology course took a lot more hours than I was actually bargaining for um, yeah but then again it was a really good course um, in my opinion um, and it, it, it's interesting because uh, was this was a, a, a kind of large-scale course at a certain price point and so forth, right? It's not a university degree or, yeah. or anything like that. But yeah. in comparison to like the masters you did, you, you you felt you found more motivated and you felt more connected to, and you felt that you succeeded. Yeah, 
comfortably. That and, and it's really interesting that people are doing that now. Yeah. Isn't that interesting that um, financially the master's um, modules that I did would be maybe, let's have a thing. I can't remember how much they were, but I know they were probably around £2,000 each module or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they would have been about 100 times more expensive than this course. Um, yeah. A ridiculously high disparity between the content of learning material um, yeah. that I got out of this so-called Mickey Mouse <laughs> Or I'm I'm calling it that. I don't know whether. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Um, no. But but the perception that I would think that some academics might arrive at is well, obviously you get what you pay for in life, and that um, here's my badge, and it's made of pure gold, and that must be made of plastic, and so it's got less value. Well, they're forgetting the actual real value is what did you learn. And how are you going to apply that to your life? Is it useful? Does it make you closer to your goal of self-actualization? Mm. <laughs> um, and even um, this is where we're touching on social actualization. Whereas, yeah. what does it mean for wider society? Yeah, because I think that if I go to a job interview with a diploma in um, education psychology that actual um the fact that i've actually bothered to get off my ass and go and do that means a hell of yeah. a lot more than um let's say doing one module of yeah. a master's degree course in the same well, I, I, I mean i i think uh that there is going to be a shift in society about the value of certification and a degree and a master's and a phd and so forth because i think and i think corona puts a spotlight on that because now people are having you know i saw a good quote <laughs> the other day that was kind of like when you sit in a lecture and it's dull and da 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 da, da afterwards you probably go and hang out with your friends and or you go to the library or do something and you kind of don't critically review that lecture. And then you come to the exam and, and you you put the onus on you. It's like, oh, have I passed the exam or not? You don't really reflect too much on the learning experience or how did it support your motivation? Did it, did it kind of actively support you to meet the goals? And at the end of the day, you know, education should enable you to meet learning outcomes, not somehow hinder you from them. Um, and I think a lot of people now when they're having to sit in these zoom lectures, they're being a lot more like, well, what's this shit? Because yeah. they're not getting they're not they're not getting the other experience to, that, that sort of placates that. So they're critically evaluating. The simple fact is, is a three hour boring lecture via zoom is no different than a boring lecture in in a in an actual classroom but somehow you forgive the classroom because you think it, it, you you're in you're in the institution of it and therefore you think because you've been told for so long that if i sit in a classroom i learn mm. and it's also the detachment isn't it that, uh, yeah 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 i think um, yeah that uh 
we're probably um, subconsciously thinking, I'd better not uh, um, ask a question because that'll prove that I haven't understood something that everybody else is going to go, <laughs> don't you know that? And you're a little bit uh, apprehensive about opening your mouth and, and proving that you don't understand something. Um, well, I, I always try. I always try and say to my students, if you understood everything and knew this, you wouldn't need to be here. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so, 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 so I don't expect you to know the right answer. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that, that's absolutely true. Um, the as my my uh, perception of what I'm actually aiming for when I think of um, self-actualization is yeah. is to be this sage of wisdom. Um, I'm going to live until I'm 150 years old. And at the age of 149, I'll probably go on a mass killing spree. <laughs> that will be your self-actualization. <laughs> yeah. That's on record, John. You could present it in yeah. court. <laughs> yes yes and uh well no, i mean uh, I, I i literally do people do people who go on mass killing sprees do so because they're frustrated at not being able to self-actualize and therefore it becomes a form of self-actualization it's just ending your life yeah. or ending other people's life yeah and and well, I, I was thinking, I've got nothing to lose, have I? If I, I think, right, okay, my goal is to get to 150 years old. I'm 149, and I'm still in good shape. Yeah, mm. um, I will have outlived most of the people. I, I'm assuming that most of the people have not like invested in learning about what they can do to extend their biological lifespan. Um, so the people that have, um, let's say, wronged me in my life thus far, and I'm sure there will be more people in the future who will do me wrong, mm -hmm. um, who I decided, hey, like I think the thing is, is that I probably went through life thinking I have to get my revenge or I have to get even with these fuckers. Mm. And then I realized, no, I don't. I just have to outlive them. I don't have to kill them because. Yeah. Um, that's not a, that's yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the situation of people doing you wrong isn't a you problem, is it? It's a them no. problem potentially. It's a them yeah. problem and allow them, to be the fucking idiots that I think they are, and to prove it, <laughs> I'm going to outlive the fuckers and piss on their graves. And, and of course, going back to that sort of point about uh, uh, people's perceived realities and the baddies, they don't think they're being a dickhead. They probably no. think you or I, you know, and, and, and I mean, that ultimately, I suppose, is the cause of all conflict in the world. Is, is is the absolute belief that you're right yeah. and the other person is wrong. Yeah. And I think I think w one of the things that I've been really interested because I, th I think that that is the pinnacle of what we're seeing in society right now mm. is everybody thinks they're right and everybody is going to argue to the bitter death 
Yeah. And then what often happens is, and this, this happens seem, seemingly every 80 or 90 years, is we get to a point in society like that, we have an absolute catastrophic kind of bloodshed or war or, or whatever, and everyone goes, oh, that was a bit silly. Maybe we should be nice to each other. Mm. So why can't why can't we ever get to that earlier? Why does it have to get to utter anger and hate? Like, Why are we so bad? at saying to somebody or, or people saying to us like, you know, when you did that, that kind of pissed me off. And can we have a conversation yeah. about it or whatever? Do you know I mean, because that doesn't happen. What happens is things fester and, and it builds. I've been and... thinking about that a lot. I really right. have. Yeah. I've been thinking okay. about the fact that Sartre came up with this little bumper sticker. We are condemned to freedom. We try and run yes. away from our freedom by way of bad faith. We pretend mm. our decisions were made for us. Today I'd be happy that no one else can control how we decide to perceive things, you know? Um, mm. So, yeah. I, I, I was impressed by Magical Girl deciding to stop wasting her time on Trump. Yeah? Yeah. When we caught up with her... Um, I, I, I told you, hadn't I, that um, I had sent her an email. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. With a little joke that uh, she would understand because I put the Chinese characters for, like, what was it? Um, uh, person. Bah! See, I've forgotten it. See, we can, yeah, yeah, we, 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 yeah, we covered, we covered that last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, basically. Um, I, I thought, good for her. Um, you know, do I have the ability to actually switch off, unplug from that um, maybe toxic blend of shitiness that exists I, I... in the world and actually not allow it to actually come in and infect my ecosystem um i, I was i was talking to a student yeah. i was talking to a student yesterday who, who who works uh on the creation of like social media for news in norway and i was sort of like saying does that mean you know you have to you know are you spending a lot of time on social media and consuming and kind of being aware of it and he goes he just turned around and went no and i went oh that's interesting given what you do and he went he said there's a great great line in, in a Simpsons episode or something where Marge clears house of all the things that of anything that doesn't give her joy. And he said, I've got no time in my life for anything that doesn't give me joy. And I thought that was such a beautiful kind of sentiment of like, yeah, don't don't waste your energy and your thought processes on things that don't give you joy. And that's different from like, I don't think people should be in the constant pursuit of happiness because I don't think that's achievable. Hmm. Oh, I don't know what happened there, Kevin. We seem to have a power cut because we were talking about like not being obsessed with 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 happiness and just to embrace joy. And so somebody quickly That's switched right. the power off. Someone did. Someone overheard us, John. Oh, am I being paranoid? Some, uh, some, some bastard out there is trying to trying to stop us from talking about this. That's right. Oh, <laughs> it must no, be QAnon. Conspiracy theory, John. Oh, it's no. Q, it's 
it's QAnon. I, I heard a really good QAnon conspiracy theory the other day, which is that QAnon is actually just an augmented reality game that's being deliberately kind of manifested through. And I was like, I love that a conspiracy theory has a con conspiracy theory behind it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, looking at Sartre's uh, um, mainstay um, nuggets of wisdom, I think I'll call them. Um, one is bad faith. The other is uh, another is existence precedes essence. Yeah. Um, and my favourite at the moment is freedom is an acquired taste. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that I think uh, we were talking about what your friend was saying about. Yeah, I got no time. I got no time for the, the the things that don't give me joy. Yeah. That's right. What is mm. joy? <laughs> mm. And it, it, it's, I suppose, it's an individual perception as well, and and it kind of resonates with me because I suppose it comes it comes back to kind of linked with other stuff we were saying, which is I'm I'm predominantly an intrinsically motivated person rather than extrinsically, so I don't want my emotions to be extrinsically motivated. I get joy from choosing the things I enjoy and being with the people I enjoy. Do you know what I mean? It, it, I'm not going to waste time on people that don't make me happy or don't, don't give me joy. Um, and I found that the more, as I've got older, I don't want to waste time on things that don't give me joy. Um, mm -hmm. And quite often I think we think so much of our happiness is driven by these extrinsic motivators and okay. it's just not true. We're, we're experiencing the gaze, aren't we? Uh, being yeah. for others. Um, yeah. And the, um, the, the threat is that we are an object in the gaze of another. And mm. we're going to say, oh, don't objectify me. Um, and we go on to look at me book and during the pandemic there's all these kind of social dynamics that get reconfigured and we're still adapting to the disorientation of that mm. and like I say I, I willingly expose my views to the gaze of others and maybe I want to show off and maybe I feel inadequate and after all not so many um, would have travelled and in my world of skydiving or lived in an Asian country. And I, I was thinking about this thing with Disney and that when you wish upon a star, fuck all happens. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, like basically, uh, the, there we are. We've given this American like ideal of, if you wish upon a star, your dreams will come true. And they've formed the basis of a country on that. I love, I, I love that George Carlin quote that it's called the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's that, 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 that brilliant carrot dangling that happens. Mm. In, and, and I think it, it's endemic in, in, in so much things now. Okay. I, I, I live in Japan. 
and so I, I wonder why the, the Japanese um, think so highly of Americans. Um, and I mm. it goes back to maybe the um, uh, times just after the Second World War with an American occupation. Um, yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, the the country um, was thinking the emperor lied to us. We were the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> we had skulls on our caps. <laughs> um, and, and there's this thing about pride versus shame. And it's the projection by toxic people that I think um, comes into play. And I found myself in, in my life that to be a better person, I have to actually remove the toxins from my life. And this is why I've got into the forest bathing, because I think there's a lot of toxins that get into my life via social media. Mm. And so I'm, I'm essentially saying once in a while, I've got to get out of the technology go and sit in a forest yeah and be at one with myself to think and uh um and actually be able to do a sort of like a, a little self-check of where am i what am no, i doing no, no. i i try to get i mean I, I i find you know like on one hand people could say well we're being hypocritical because here we are recording something and putting it out into the world. Therefore we must be wanting the gaze of others. I genuinely don't give a shit if anyone listens to this. Sorry if somebody's listening, but I, I, I don't, because for me, this is, I think there's something about knowing it's recorded and you're putting it out there. It makes you think a bit about a bit more than if we were just having a Skype conversation, but it yeah. also, I, I, I like the rigor of saying we're going to do this regularly mm. and it does something to the process. And I, I, you know, I'm finding that I really like going back to like some of the earlier episodes and listening back and thinking, Oh, you know, and, and I like, I, it's, it's like keeping a diary yeah. in that sense. Um, I'm not too worried about what people think or, or do. And, and, and I've been listening to that red scare podcast a lot and i kind of really love the fact that they just lean into not caring too much about and mm. saying controversial things because they believe it and they really do think about things and dissect things oh. that nobody wants to to think about at the moment or it, it's become controversial to not be like uber leftist or uber right, right. you know it, it's okay to dabble in both and go oh that bit's got some sense and that bit's got some sense you know i i'm 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 with you on the fact that I'm, I'm doing this for, um, I think, uh, uh, an unpaid therapy session. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I could talk to myself. <laughs> I, I do that a lot. Um, but it's more fun um, talking to yourself. And yes, I do think about what I utter just a little bit more than uh, if it was not recorded and put out onto a podcast. Um, 
But that's a good self-restraint to have, yeah, I think. I think, I think people, so. maybe some people should think a little bit more before they say stuff. I think, <laughs> you know, like I've been developing my skills in photography and it's yeah. a bit like um, actually taking the shot in photography. You mm. think whether or not you're actually, you know, because I say, oh, yeah, well, when uh, photographers used to use film, they used to have to like really think about framing the shot and actually, you know, uh, potentially wasting money <laughs> by clicking that button. Yeah? yeah. And you've only got, say, 24, 36 shots before you're going to have to change film. So you had yeah. to be that bit more selective about what what it was that you actually captured. Mm. Now with digital, oh, you've got young guys got so easy to just click the button. And, and I think you've, you've still got you've still got to edit it. You've still got to go through those thousand pictures you've taken. You've still got to sit on the train chimping. Do you know the yeah. you know that chimping expression because you're looking. No. at Right, chimping. This is a photography term. Um, okay. I think it's bloody funny. Uh, the terminology comes from the fact that when you've taken a good picture, these days you're looking at the back of your screen, aren't you? You're chimping. <laughs> and, and, like, basically, you review when you're you've got some downtime, and I know I do it because I get on the train. Yeah. yeah and I delete the pictures that I don't think are even worth keeping on my SD card before yeah, I yeah. get back from a photography trip. Um, and so and so when I see a shot that's a keeper, I'll lock it. And yeah. like basically, I'll go through until I've locked everything that I think is worth keeping on the memory card to save myself time transferring everything from yeah. the SD card to my computer and then going through and then I'll make a selection out of the shots that I thought looked good on the little screen and then go, oh shit, I didn't notice there's that thing and that's not really worth actually putting any time into photo editing, etc, etc. Yeah. And so basically I'll go out and take about a oh, hundred to 200 shots of which about five are real really good quality okay the better you become as a photographer the more selective you are and actually what you're going to be putting out there in the world i think um, yeah uh and definitely each year in photography i look back on the previous year and go oh <laughs> i'm so much better now than i was a year ago and, yeah, and, and that, that, that picture, that picture, you, that picture you took on the the guy on the bridge was amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I really, I really, I just, the, I mean, it it evoked so many things. It, it had, a, it felt like it had a really strong sort of historical perspective, and mm. and and it had a very film, film, you know, cinem, cinematography aspect, kind of very Kurosawa feel, and yeah, yeah I, I just man, really resonated. A thousand stories to tell in that face. Yes, yes. And one of the stories is that when I cycle um, to and from Tokyo, I go under that bridge. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also work in a place called Funabashi uh, 
on Mondays and I cycle back to Chiba from Funabashi. Right. So I'll I'll go under that bridge um, when I uh, cycle back. Now, nine times out of ten, there's this old guy. Um, and it's a bit like the railway children. We wave. <laughs> How nice. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, I'm going to go to Inage Kaigan. Um, Kaigan is Japanese word for sort of coast. Um, right. Or coastal area. Um, and uh, like I was thinking, I've never photographed this bridge, but I've always like loved loved its colour against the greenery around it. Um, and it's a kind of landmark where whenever I see it, I know I'm about ten minutes from my apartment, um, and I'm almost home, like a beacon. <laughs> I'm coming into harbour to yeah. Um, uh, and there's a sort of like when I pass under that bridge, I'm now essentially near to home. Um, right. Anyway, so I'm I'm cycling and I park my bike and I think right, I'm going to actually walk around finding some angles to photograph this bridge and part partly because I think it's beautiful, I want to share that with the world. Yeah, I see and think it's beautiful a beautiful thing partly because of like uh i know that one day i might not be in japan and that there's a certain amount of i want to capture this thing that has this um significance to me personally mm -hmm. um, and so i walk i walk across the bridge and i was thinking that um so so recently i had a a nice conversation with a very good friend of mine um, and that I was um, saying that usually with a Japanese person I would say um, can I take a photo yeah and this this friend of mine um, pointed out that it's I'm using the version of can that it's the um, do I have the skill or ability to do what I'm saying I'm going to do? So eventually, I, I would be thinking in an English way of, can I take a photo? Whereas what I'm actually saying to a Japanese person is, do you think I have the ability to take a photo? <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... so like he said, the more natural way would be, I want to take a photo. So yeah. I had that in my mind. It's like when I saw the old guy and I thought, yeah, I'll say hello. Um, and, uh, and instead of saying, can I take a photo? I'm going to say, I want to take a photo. Is that okay? <laughs> so that would be shashin o torutai daijoubu desu ka? Um, and so like, of course he's, is like, um, uh, of course, of course, you can. Mm. Um, and so, like, basically, I have the right lens, I have a um, a Zeiss 85 millimeter, um, mm. I have the perfect subject because this guy's face and his hat was like everything about an old Japanese guy 
who's lived a life and has got leathery skin. And it looks like he's got a story to tell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he's actually got a story that um, overlaps with my story. Okay. And uh, so I thought, ah, he's doing what most people will do when I'm not taking a photo without asking someone, can I take your photo? Where I might get this candid shot and that might be beautiful. That might be a perfect photo. But this time I've asked the guy, can I take your photo? And so he's done this, I'll pose. <laughs> yeah. Like almost for my school profile pic uh, yeah. or something like that. And so I take photos that I'm not going to use. <laughs> and I yeah, wait because yeah. I, 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 you know, my photography has learned to actually find the light, find the interesting subject, find the framing of it, yeah. and wait yeah, yeah. for something to happen. And so, yeah. like, you know, capturing the moment um, is uh, something where I will find something interesting to frame and then wait for something to happen inside that frame. Um, and uh, like basically I'm talking to him in Japanese as I'm taking a few shots. Yeah. And then I say, oh, thank you very much. And now he's like just going to go into this natural, like, oh, photo shoots over. <laughs> Of right that's when I take one last shot, and that's the one I <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Got, where where not... you know he's just rest relaxed his face and not well it, it's almost like uh, again it's like you can see in in his face almost like he he's achieved self actualization he's very <laughs> yeah. yeah calm then I, and yeah then I showed him the photo and he said come peggy Dale. <laughs> Wow, perfect. <laughs> so, so, so it was like I was I was also saying to him that this is only a hobby. Yeah. I'm not I'm not like uh trying to make money out of yeah. um like taking your photo and that this is just my hobby. Um, yeah. and uh so I kinda like sense that he, he appreciated me talking to him in Japanese, appreciating the fact that I'd asked. And right. also, like, it was just a, a really beautiful moment of, okay, nice. where am I? Where am I? I've combined something with learning Japanese. I've combined my, my um, growing skills in photography. Mm -hmm. And I am on my road to self-actualization. Um, and I thought that's why I like being in Japan. It's <laughs> reminds yeah. me of why why there's value to me staying in Japan because I can do things like that, and they can I can even you know get even better at these things. But could I mean also is that is that an avenue for being able to? immerse yourself more in japanese i'm just thinking like uh, there's a friend of mine in the uk who who is a documentary photographer <coughs> and he became one because he's he's a carer for his uh, uh, mother 
and he doesn't drive so he he's basically wanted to do something that he could do within a one kilometer radius of, of, of his home and a, a few hours a day maximum and he's just started going out into his community and just getting to know people and then and then photo documenting their lives and then he would also uh, build up these kind of narratives uh, that explained it and a lot of this was in a, a area with a lot of sort of uh, uh, poverty and and various social issue problems and it was definitely sort of like post austerity or austerity britain and he just captured these beautiful stories and images of the and you know he he ended up uh being sort of quite celebrated in in photography circles from it but it's it's the interaction he has with people which is the heart of of of, of how he gets the story and 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 oh, and he says it's a privilege to tell their story mm. And the dialogue, and I was just thinking, like, like having that conversation with that guy, and just going mm. out there, and, and that kind of forces you to talk to native speakers, and then you there, have to. There are kind of, there yeah. are steps towards where I want to get to. Um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I I think um, that uh, it's an interesting thing that um, where I want to get to is like such a high level mm. that I'm always going to think there's still a shitload that I still have to climb here and that it's always going to be out in the distance even when I'm like because to many other people I'm already in a very high place but yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't see it I can't yeah. see that at all and it's again comparing yourself with others and comparing yourself with where you actually project your self wanting to be and forgetting yeah. that you're actually making small baby steps towards it the whole time by having moments like that one yeah, that I had the other day. Um, and the, yeah, I, I think I do need to um, spend a couple of years totally locked away yeah. listening and reading Japanese. So you could uh, murder well, someone yeah. in Japan and go to prison. <laughs> well, I, I have actually thought about that. Yeah. It's been that one, of, be the, it's been one of my calculations that I was like, yeah. yeah. But then it would be bloody frustrating finishing my um, prison term being um, sent out Deported, of the country yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then never allowed back into the country, <laughs> having got the skill, even though... That is, a, that is a bit of a f fly in the ointment, that, isn't it? <laughs> is. Especially if yeah. I'm going to live 150 years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. Plenty of, there's plenty of time. There's plenty of time when you actually say you're going to live until you're 150 years old. It, it makes you think, right, okay, for this short term, aha, that's one yeah. way of doing it. Damn it. That would be like a hundred years of yeah. not being allowed in the country where the only other language you can speak at this level is your band from there. That's um, almost a black, that's a sort of Black Mirror esque kind of trap, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, the other thing that um, so so work. Um, I I had a pretty good month in August all things considered. Right. Um, but I did think at, at one point 
that, um, yeah, I think I quoted this on Facebook recently, didn't I? That that basically I was recalling a moment where I was on a drop zone in France, sitting with a, a um, sitting with a guy who basically reminded me that it's hard to retain your sense of humor when you don't have money in your pocket. Yeah. And I, I look around the social dynamics in, in, in work and I think that we've always been competing. Oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> Bloody technology. <laughs> I thought it was like Fukushima going off or something. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. It, it's it is the same sound we get mm. as the uh, alert for a yeah. army or um, yeah. So, think where I was now. Right, yeah. I've been thinking about social dynamics, and I've been thinking about the fact that we've always been competing to get the students. Right, yeah, so you're sort of set up against each other from the get-go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And now that things, like, now that student numbers are thinner on the ground and there's been people who've not been able to get the amount of bookings to actually um, pay their rent and pay their tax and pay their health insurance, they've had to actually go elsewhere, Mm. okay? And we've had uh, a couple of people come back um yeah from leaving the company before and then coming back now and there's a certain what do you you know we've just we're not getting enough people and then you come back oh it's like okay ah (laughs) there's a little bit of frustration maybe right I, i was thinking you know it's it's a free market economy and you can do whatever you like. Um, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, it's probably not the best time, okay, to be, like, entering um, the, the pool at the moment. Yeah. Um, uh, and I was, like, you know, thinking some of the stuff that I learned on these psychology courses are really coming into play as I as I look at the relationships between people and yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything. It's like, well, some people do psychology for the betterment of helping people, you know. Yeah. Some people, and I wonder whether it's true of myself, do it so that I can fuck with their heads. <laughs> there's some people who do that as well yeah, there yeah. is a certain amount of right this person's pissed me off I can fuck with their head now whereas I couldn't before because I, yeah. I, I I wasn't educated in understanding the psychology going on in each individual person yeah. and the projection and our shadow self and mm. and the bravado, the bollocks that we come up with <laughs> to to explain ourselves and to project the fact that well you know <laughs> I yeah. think this and then I'm like oh you 
fucking twat. What what, what my mum? The person that I'm speaking about is someone that I think listens to this podcast. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But I don't really mind. I don't really mind because, yeah. like, if they're listening, then I've already been upfront in what I think. Um, and, and, and actually that, that that's a healthy healthy way to be and just yeah. you know um, I basically said look mate I think this but you obviously you're saying that you don't well good luck to you you know mm. like it, everybody it, it, wants to earn some money and may the best man win hey <laughs> well it, it, it's I'm interesting the best man <laughs> because i am me and you are you and you will think that too that's the whole purpose of this expression yes yeah and and i mean i was uh i was thinking because i I, i'm sure you're aware of rather sadly uh last week ken robinson died i was indeed yeah and it really, it kind of hit me really hard because obviously so many of the things he said about people and learning and and so forth w- w- underpin so much of, of of what I thought and and I shared a story about like you know I was very lucky to sit down with him over lunch once and we had a really beautiful conversation about like just sh- sort of shit teachers and good teachers and I I told him some some personal stories of that and and uh, and he he came up with some sort of like nice very calming kind of uh, uh, retorts for it. And, but I, I went back to watching that lovely story he tells about Death Valley mm. and about when you create or when you have a harsh environment and people become protective and, and how do you, how do you nurture an environment where people aren't like that? Even, even, even if, you know, resources are scarce and so forth, you know, like, like when, when people, when soldiers are in the trench, you don't pit them against each other. Or, yeah. or um, when when the and it's interesting to see how people react to COVID in that sense. Those mm. who are like, okay, like how can I help the people around me? How can we get on? And then there are people out there who are like, I can sell some masks, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's I'm going to corner the market on face shields, you know. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> no, it's it's uh, I've, I I it's weird to feel a great loss because you haven't lost anything with mm. him because everything he said is still there. Yeah, but it it really it, I don't know why it hit me so much, but it really kind of there, there was a day I had to sort of go for a walk around the lake and have a word with myself, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. thinking about uh, like what I'd learned and looking at things and going, right, I understand everybody a lot better. Um, Mm. Or I can kind of like separate myself emotionally. I can detach and just go, right, let's look at actually what's going on here. This person's just doing that. Why do they think that? Ah, why did they say that? Ah, well, that's what they're going to project. They're actually just as scared as me. They don't know yeah, yeah. what's happening. And so when I was like doing my, you know, uh, amateur psychoanalysis, mm-hmm. although 
my amateur psychoanalysis is probably a bit more um, supported by a little bit of study now. Yeah. Um, so it's slightly more attuned than it might have been a year ago or two years ago. Um, I'm actually, okay, well, I'm still in a bloody good place. Uh, you know, and uh, um, like basically I thought, mm, all right then. So how am I going to be? I'm going to be, well, you know what? I'm going to take a vacation once every three months. And we actually yeah. get to um, see the value of actually um, keeping my sense of humor by yeah. um, saying, okay, I'm going to work my arse off for two months and three weeks or whatever it works out to be. Yeah. So that I can pay to take a week off and actually travel somewhere, take some photos, spend the day sitting in a forest without technology um, to remind myself of why I'm here rather than like just being totally focused on existing I'm going to be actually taking a little bit of time to go, why am I doing this? And what is life? And what is um, the value in doing this if you're not living, if you're just existing? Um, no, and, and I think, I mean, I think, again, it, it comes to, you know, A, what kind of feeds into self-actualization. I think it goes back to some of the points when we first started doing these podcasts of like actually we were in a forced pause which was making us so we were kind of doing forest swimming forest bathing forest bathing <laughs> uh, by default in a sort of way not totally but do you know what I mean by, by take coming out of the rat race slightly uh, I think you were probably you were probably closer I'm probably closer to, to that yeah um, <clears throat> yeah yeah, yeah. You know, staying yeah. at home in a city. Um, no. But, um, I've got a West I, I, Park. I, I, <laughs> I one, one that, of the... that was important when deciding the location of where to live in Japan was I've got to live near a park. That was yeah. pretty high on my... And I'm two minutes from a park. And the park yeah. is beautiful. Nice. And it is kind of like a place that I can go. And even though I know I'm in a city... I still am un- reconnected with nature. Yeah. When you were talking about that kind of, when you get annoyed by people and stuff, I mean, I, I've, I've thought about that like uh, over the years. Cause I think I'm, I'm somebody that lets things bubble up. I let, mm. I let people get to me and then it's almost like I can't, I can't let it go or, or it just annoys me so much. And, and I think it's because I'm very forgiving through a long period of time at the beginning. And, and then it gets to a point where I'm like, Oh, for fuck's sake, you're still yeah. doing this or whatever. Yeah. And I've started to like trying to think like, well, and it goes back to that point of they're not doing that to wind me up. So then I've started saying, well, so I control my emotions and my reactions to things. So what is it? that they are doing that what's what what is it that's triggering me and why is it yeah. triggering me? yeah that's exactly where where i got to it's like uh-huh. yeah 
Yeah. Now, let's not just like do the do the usual thing and go. That's a that that person's a problem. That person's trying to cause me. Like that person's saying these things to trigger me on purpose. I doubt they are. I doubt they are because they won't. They they probably don't, they don't know, know it. your <laughs> history and that, and they don't know why that would trigger you. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, I'm, and I'm not keen it, on the term trigger, but you know what I mean? To actually understand yourself well enough to go, and I'm I think, responsible for how I respond to this. And I, and I think that's a really interesting thing, because like going back to the Peterson stuff, hmm. I think now in society, when people say, I'm offended, I am triggered, I am this, yeah, they shouldn't they shouldn't push the responsibility onto everyone else. They could go, right. okay, right. why do I feel, why do I feel that? Yeah. And, and how can I cope with that? And how can I deal with it? Now, don't get me wrong. The, 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 there are numerous things which should not be tolerated that, that are, are triggering for people for a, a bunch of reasons, but we yeah. still can only control our own emotions and our own responses to it. Mm. Mm. So, so this, well, this notion of saying you sort it out because I'm affected by it. Yeah, yeah. I I think where 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 I struggle with that as a concept is when it comes to things like like systemic racism. I don't think it's down to the individual to fix systemic racism that triggers them. Mm. Although I, I suppose in some ways you could say it's 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 got to be homogenous um, result caused by every individual looking deep within themselves is actually no no yeah 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 in a way it's like we're all responsible for that little bit but you can't do it alone and by by being a twat you're not helping <laughs> you gotta, you gotta recognize the twat within you because <laughs> you can all be twats you know it, it's i i, I sort of seen a bunch you know there's been a lot of videos flying around this week of like you know in america like people getting annoyed at being called a racist and then people query and then it's like well, actually good. if somebody called you a racist and somebody if somebody called me a racist i'd be kind of like would it annoy me being called a racist and if so why in myself it wouldn't because i'd want to understand why somebody called me a racist but i can understand in some other people because their notion of racism is like clan and they're not that so it's a high you know that really triggers a response because you, you're calling me something that i'm not well, the funny thing is right you look at it what the, the word trigger refers to pulling the trigger of a gun yeah in a country full of guns yeah but a lot of this is kind of like <laughs> kicking off you're okay mate do you want a drink <laughs> I'm better now. Sorry, I just had a little tickle in my throat. Yeah, yeah. Dry cough, coronavirus, dear boy. I know, I know. Get yourself tested, old fruit. I, I do worry about that when I have a cough. And I sometimes cough because I've been wearing a mask. I think that, yeah. like, because I wear a mask so much, like, when I'm working, I, I wear a mask the whole time. Um mm. And even walking around outside my apartment, mask is on. So sometimes I think, oh, I've got a tickle in my throat. And oh, dry cough. 
Oh, is it coronavirus? Yeah. I get a bit paranoid about that. Um, some people don't. I was like on the train with someone not wearing a mask the other day. That was interesting. Of oh, <laughs> let it go, Kevin. Let it go. <laughs> Walk away. Yeah, again, I think I change my distance, and then I was like, in that kind of in that kind of in in that in that kind of instance, you get annoyed because you take this sort of personal responsibility very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so when other, when other people don't, mm. you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm suffering in some way for the benefit of others. And why aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. There's so actually, you're annoyed. You're annoyed. That, you're you're that you're... saying to me, I think this is all a load of bollocks. I'm exercising yeah. my personal freedom to do what I like. Oh, fuck you all and I'm thinking there's so many people on this train all Japanese who probably want to say something but we can't, we're Japanese we're going to go yeah. and just ignore yeah, yeah. it if it, if we ignore it, it doesn't exist that's the, mm. the Japanese way and so yeah. and I'm like, yeah I've, I've adopted a lot in actual fact, this guy that was telling me about um uh, using the verb dekeru as ability rather than um, permission. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, he was saying to me that like I shouldn't leave Japan because in his opinion, I was so um, well attuned to Japanese life that like he yep. said, like, you you are you are kind of made for living in Japan. From what I know of you, you you kind of fit in Japan. All right. <laughs> like, well, I guess that's very nice of you to say. I guess I I do think that from time to time I do seem to find myself to the vast majority of time. I'm very very aware that things that get on my nerves don't exist in Japan. And that perhaps yeah. I've become so attuned to living in Japan that the last time I went to the UK, you remember I was just like, what the fuck is this? And I, it was like coming back to Japan was like, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, I can, I, I don't have this constant like stress in my muscle. My every fiber in my body is like a, in in the UK and then when I come back to Japan uh, or whatever but you you get used to wherever you are in the world and you and after almost six years now mm. uh, oh yeah I will find the things that piss me off in Japan <laughs> I found them <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's going to be a, a, a while before I actually go full circle back to Japan's a fucking great place. It is a great place. Um, and I love most of it. But I will always find things that piss me off. Um, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be, wouldn't be human if you, if you, yeah, you yeah. wouldn't be human if we didn't. And, and I think well, I thought, the longer you spend anywhere... Uh, and I mean, it's it's the same with people. If you 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 can have somebody you get on really well with, and you see like once a month or da 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 da, and then you go on holiday for, with that person for a week, 
you could you can go from like oh, thinking okay. they're amazing to absolutely hating them within a week because I, of the proximity I, I and think, the closeness. Yeah, I think that I'm I'm pretty intolerant of people. Um, I do like, as uh, Maslow pointed out, I seem to be the archetypal person he's describing, but then that might just be me thinking that's what Maslow was talking about when he said that um, the people who are motivated by self-actualization have a variety of positive qualities. And that, that he argues that the self-actualization, self I can't really do this self-actualizing, can I? <laughs> self-actualizing individuals value deep personal relationships. And I think about this with like someone like yourself, who the relationship is pretty deep. Yeah. That I don't have vast waves of friendships. I I have um the acquaintances. Um, that most people have via Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't perhaps value them quite as equally as this small group of someone like yourself or Magical Girl or um, yeah, yeah. No, same here, yeah. like a few more of uh, like skydiving friends. Um, I think you, 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 yeah, you're really tapping into something because I'm, I'm, I'm the same. I think I I don't need lots of friends. Like some people are social butterflies and need lots of people, but I do need people who I have a deep connection to and have have a strong human connection to. Now I I can have a, a good human connection to a number of people who maybe I'm not massively close to, but I'm an acquaintance of. But to really really enjoy somebody. I have to have a deep connection. You know, it, it's yeah. the same as like, I, I couldn't have a surface level uh, uh, sort of romantic relationship. I, I, I knew when I met my wife, I felt a very deep, profound connection. And I knew that I would be happy with her for the rest of my life. You know, and I know that, yeah. you know, people would say that's all very syrupy and stuff. But I, I, I knew. And to this day, you know, I feel like you're the person that gets me. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. You, 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 they have a saying in in, in Norway: "Lekabarn, lekabesa." You know, like-minded children play best together. Yeah. And I think that's true. And when it was like when we were having the conversation with with Magical Girl the other day, it's like we picked up where we left off some yeah. time ago, and the banter and stuff is there. And that's yeah. because you have that that you feel connected to that person where there's other people maybe we worked with who are nice i'll happily go for a pint with them and stuff yeah i wouldn't actually seek out the conversation with them now because the only thing that kept that conversation was the fact we worked together yeah right yeah yeah and um i was also interested in the fact that he talks about that the same people who value these deep personal relationships with others also value solitude and i think oh, I value yes. solitude yeah yeah um that if i don't have a little bit of space to myself and that's that's like it's funny isn't it it's like we can go about it in different ways you can you can have a family but live in a house with enough space to actually yeah. get a little bit of solitude yeah, yeah. Okay. Whereas myself, I don't have the need for that space because I don't have a family. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got space between me and my family. It's it's the distance from Japan to the UK. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And we seem closer than ever by having that distance. Because when mm. when I'm closer physically, um, then I think that we get on each other's tits that bit more. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, proximity know? is a killer. <laughs> a fucker, isn't it? It's like especially uh, in COVID times. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And I was talking to you. I think maybe last time that there was this uh, voyage around my father thing going on. Yeah, and that that I kind of um, like the fact that my dad um, and me have a great friendship. And we are pretty close. Um, uh, as as you know, uh, I think my my father had a um, little trip to hospital, um, mm. and that kind of worried me a little. Um, but it also reminded me um, the of this physical distance, and that I'm helpless. I can't just get up put on my Superman cape and fly to the sea. Um, uh, well, I, I think also um, he's doing fine now. Um, oh, uh, good, good. Um, that, uh, yeah, um, you can't live in someone's shadow. You can't live for them. You have to live for yourself. Um, and the, 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 uh, I, I went to my first online funeral also since the last podcast. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I've, I had one during COVID as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, like, I thought, is it terrible for me to say, I think this is better for me personally than going to mm. a funeral? Um, I know that I hate I, funerals. Yeah. That, that, did you know that I went to the wrong funeral once? Oh, god, <laughs> was you it know, good? <laughs> I went to the wrong funeral, John. I, I I picked up the order of service and went, That's not my friend. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was with this girl, um, really good friend of mine, Claire. Yeah, and we went to the funeral of uh, a mutual friend. Um, yeah. I was I was much closer. Um, also, I lived very close to this guy, um, mm. and you know, I I went to the funeral, um, and I actually got a, a ride to the funeral with this girl Claire, and uh, and we turned up and we went in. To what we thought was this funeral for our our friend, and we sat down, and um, and then it was like basically the the place started filling up with people. I was like, I don't know any of these people, but then I suppose you don't because you know you don't really meet that many of someone's family. But oh, yeah, yeah, I, I would recognise his mum and dad, um, and uh, I you know I knew a few of. The friends that were going to be there, so it's like, oh, they should be here by now, shouldn't they? And then I looked at the order of service and went, "Well, this is not the person we <laughs> have come to see off." 
Um, Claire, we were at the wrong funeral, mate. So, of course, like we're now kind of pen, penned in by grieving relatives of someone who's died, and we're like, it's a fucking terrible situation. Yeah. Yeah. And we might like discreetly apologize um, and just say, hey, um, excuse me, uh, could we just um, get out into the aisle and uh, um, sort of like very kind of discreetly move out of this funeral, go out into the hall outside? At which point, AD, one of our friends, opens the door and goes, Kev, you're at the wrong funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Which then sets Claire off into fits of laughter. I'm like, Claire, you're not very bloody laughing. You're at a funeral. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was the, it was the, it was, you couldn't script it moment of a comedy fucking, you know, it's like the bit in train spotting where the shit actually literally flies. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. fuck's sake i feel that i'm going into a deep fucking hole and i've got to get out of here oh and and perhaps sometimes when i'm like in my japanese bowing (laughs) to him i said yeah you're back in that hole for a second yeah yeah and and as soon as i'm outside i am fucking laughing my ass off fuck me i got i went to the wrong funeral i've gone to a funeral by mistake (laughs) you know what that 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 is a probably a perfect place uh for us to finish because we've hit the 90 minute mark and uh there's there's something that could self-actualization be being at the wrong funeral at the end of our lives? <laughs> <laughs> Hold that thought for the next episode, John. Yeah, let, let, yeah let, let's see where we go with that. It's been great catching up with you, mate. Definitely, mate. And uh, till next time. Alrighty. Take care. Take care. Some things change. Some remain. Some will pass us unknown. Focus on to improve upon in the face of our ancient tribes. Feel so clear, feel so obvious to each one.
we are.